1: Welcome back to Rabid Noise. My guest on the program now is Alex Agnew from Diablo Boulevard. Welcome to the show, man.
0: Hello. Nice to have me. It's very, uh, it's like an honour to be on an Australian program. I've never talked to anyone Australian in real life, so it's really cool.
1: <laughs> well, I hope you can actually understand my accent.
0: Oh, perfectly, yeah.
1: Because we tend to slur, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. I can really understand everything you say. It's probably make it easier if I'm really drunk, but this is cool though, anyway.
1: <laughs> awesome, man. Well, <laughs> so I've recently discovered you guys, and I admit that you know I'm definitely a fan of what you're doing, and uh, you know with your third oh, album. You- Follow the deadlines yeah. due out in uh, January. How does it feel that you know your music is constantly reaching new people out there in the world, especially as far as down here in Australia?
0: Uh, yeah, fantastic. That's what we wanted to do uh, all along. You know, the first two albums were only released in the Benelux, which is uh, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg, which is a really small area on the map. And uh, now because of our third album and because of our signing with Nuclear Blast, uh, that's going to change. So um, a lot more people are finding out about this band. And that's a, that's a really good feeling, you know, to reach across oceans and have people call you or try to call you is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I've been mean, absolutely, uh, you know, loving your tracks. It's, it's such a refreshing you know I don't know It's, it's got a good classic sort of sound to it yet it's it's got something new about it as well and it's really refreshing to hear a band like you guys
0: oh right thank you very much um, I guess that's uh, what we what we were trying to do without really trying uh, I guess we we just found all of our influences, which are some of them are really classic, going from Black Sabbath to to um, to things like Danzig or the Cult or Type or Negative or some 80s hardcore, maybe even stuff like Cro-Mags and stuff like that. We're kind of fan of all kinds of things, and I guess if you mix all of those up, you you get something that sounds slightly original. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I man, I I think that's the best way to do it, really. I mean, you know, because there are some yeah. bands out there that you know they'll only stick to their one style and they want to sound like Lamb of God and they'll just stay to the one yeah, thing, yeah. you know. But uh, you know, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely fresh, man, and it's such a you got such Thank a kick ass sound. I I I think it's just gonna build and build for you guys, you know. And uh, you know, will the album title, of course, follow the Deadlights. What was the inspiration behind the album title?
0: Um, well, um, the deadlights is actually uh, a term that was used in a book by Stephen King called It, uh, but I I thought it always sounded really interesting because I I've kind of always saw it as some kind of will o' the wisp, you know, something that's really beautiful and that mm. you follow to your own destruction, and that's a bit what this what the the song are about. It's actually about. Sex with the wrong woman. Trying, <laughs> 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 trying try to get. I, I, I wanted to over intellectualize it, but this is not going to work. That's basically what it's about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's just. Well, you can, you can do with it what you like. But I think it's always. You know, you, you have some things in your life that you know are not really good for you, but you do them anyway. And I think everybody has that. Going from smoking or drugs or eating the wrong food or whatever you want, you know, just doing something that you know is actually going to lead to your destruction, but it's just too good to pass up or something like that. So I think that's kind of the theme behind it, but we'll give it a more dark, erotic feel and say that it's about a woman.
1: (laughs) All of the above.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you guys recently toured with Machine Head, Brian.
0: Yeah, yeah, we did. We did, yeah um we did uh, a lot of europe uh, we started in milan and we did uh, austria switzerland and a lot of germany so we were on that leg of the tour yeah
1: how was that was it was it awesome
0: it was fantastic yeah absolutely and the guys from machine head are very nice guys uh, they also treated us very well which was really cool because you know a band of their stature doesn't really you know some sometimes you might not really get to see them or they don't they don't give you any sound check time or they don't do any of that stuff and they, they did all of it so they were they were just really nice guys they all came to watch us as well which was also very nice so when we started a conversation with them they actually listened to what we did Which is which is really cool, and they were just very nice guys. They just gave us everything we needed. So, and they're an awesome band. I mean, we watched them destroy the place every evening. So it was it was a really great experience. Yeah,
1: that's really cool, man. Especially you know, as you said, sometimes you know you don't get to see the uh, the headline bands. You know, they'll stick to themselves, and it's it's cool to hear that there's bands like that that you know really do care about you know the bands they're touring with and things like that that's, yeah that's I mean respect to those
0: dudes for sure yeah absolutely because I, I really loved them before you know as a band I really thought they were great but now just to, to having met them and, and just seeing how nice they are and, and how cool they are yeah I mean I like them even more now <laughs>
1: it's funny how so, that happens so- eh? Hey.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is because because you you know I've 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 opened for some people that I kind of idolized you know in the in the past and that turned out not to be that nice. Uh, Danzig being one of them who mm. of course is very legendary for being not a very nice guy. Um, but it seems that he can be really nice if you're one of his fans, but he's he, he's not really nice to other bands or not very often. So. That's the experience we had with him. It was still cool playing with him, anyway, you know. But it's always kind of, kind of a shame that, that someone like that doesn't turn out to be a really nice guy.
1: You know, but then there's plenty of cool guys out there, like the Machine Head guys and
0: yourself, of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. Well, um... Yeah, because we did a couple of shows with Life of Agony as well right after that. So that was really cool. They uh, they did a short European stop. They did three shows and we uh, we opened for all three of them. So that was really cool as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome, man, and they're good guys too.
0: Yeah, yeah, but the, the, the guitar player Joey, I've known for a long time, so I kind of get along with him very well. And he he because uh, we opened for him when they played uh, their kind of homecoming show in New Jersey. And then uh, he kind of, we kind of took it from there, you know, so that was really cool.
1: Awesome, man. Well, uh, you know, you're also known for your work as a comedian as well. So, you know, what came first for you personally? Was it music or comedy?
0: Yeah, it was always music uh, as a as a kid that kind of all started with that. But I think it's a bit simultaneous because I grew up a little uh, listening to a lot of comedy and and uh, you know, and it's just something that I started doing in Belgium when there wasn't much of a comedy scene. And yeah? this is a really small country, and it was all we were kind of relatively late comers with pretty much everything. So um, I think I was probably one of the main people that started up the Stanford scene and that made it what it is today, which is pretty big now. But, you know, it's on television and everything. But it didn't used to be when I started out. So, And I got really big at it as well because I, I sold out uh, 15,000 mm. seater arenas and stuff like that. But I just, um, after about 13 years, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of had the feeling that... Because um, this band's been going for about 10 years as well. I, I was kind of, you know, doing that in between, but I wanted to focus full-time on the band because I thought that was uh, that was more important. So I kind of quit comedy, so I'm not doing it anymore now. I'm just doing it full-time with the band.
1: So at least, you know, you're being creative in one way or the other, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... Yeah. What a way to do it, man! There's nothing like getting <laughs> up there on stage, right? But how would you say? Absolutely. How would you how would you describe you know performing in front of a metal crowd to compare to doing stand up by yourself solo? Is it a different sort oh, of nerves or?
0: Oh yeah, this, this, totally different. Well, well, the cool thing is that you get backup from a band, so you're not there all by yourself. You know, which is which is kind of uh it's, it's kind of a support because. When you're a comedian, you're just all by yourself and and it's always great to get audience reaction because I'm I'm the kind of front man that always asks the audience to do stuff. You know, I want it to be like an interactive thing where Mm. you don't pretend like the audience isn't there. And I think that's probably something that I got from being a comedian, you know, that you make a connection to the audience. And with music, of course, it's always great to get them moving and to get them dancing. But if they're not laughing while you're doing comedy, then you know it's a really shit night. <laughs> while, while, while with music, that doesn't have to be the case. You know, sometimes people will just listen to you because they don't know you very well. And they'll go, oh, I would just want to hear what that sounds like. It doesn't necessarily mean you've got a bad gig. While if you're on stage as a comedian and no one's laughing, that's a shit gig. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I heard, it's, you know, I do listen to a few podcasts with uh, a lot of comedians and they do say that, you know, it is quite nerve-wracking getting up there and doing that, you know, and everyone bombs from time to time. But, uh mm-hmm. man, I don't know how you, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't stand up there, so it takes a lot it's of balls. just
0: It's just something you get used to. Uh, in the beginning, it was really hard for me as well, but in the end, you know, something that you do a lot and you get better at. It's just something that, that that kind of starts working for you. And then, then yeah, then it was really fun, actually. And it, it gives you a lot of confidence to go on a stage and to, to you know, just to connect to people and to not just uh, stand there and pretend like the audience isn't there, which is something that I always liked about bands anyway. You know, there was a lot of... I, I'm, I'm a bit from all over the place. I've listened to all kinds of music, a lot of heavy metal, but a lot of hardcore as well. Mm. And what I loved about those old hardcore bands, the bands like Crow, mags and, and, and Sick of it All and you know all those guys is bad ball. And then they used to talk to the audience and they used to say like, you know, do this, do that. And after the show, we'll see you at the birch and we'll come and say hello. And there was this big connection that there weren't these rock stars that you couldn't reach. They were just guys that... that did something really cool on stage but were really accessible and that's that's what what, what we've always done, you know, because that's a bit of our background. We're a bit of a DIY kind of band. We've always done everything our own way and, and by ourselves and we just noticed that even though you're signed to a label, you still want to do things your own way. So I think it's very important to have a connection to the people that actually come to your shows and buy your T-shirts and and stuff like that.
1: I definitely agree with you there, man. Especially, you know, I love seeing a band that connects with their audience. You know, I think Mm -hmm. you're definitely on the right track there. I mean, because there are a lot of bands you'll see, and it's like they get up there, they'll play, and then they'll piss off, and you're just like, okay, well, I saw something, but I didn't experience it. Yeah, this
0: just this just this just works better for me if you if you this the because it's always it's just more fun as well. It's just more more. It's it's just a lot more enjoyable when you get the audience involved and it's it's uh it's more of a it's more of a kind of you know like you feel a connection to the band and to the audience, which I had with a lot of bands when I was young growing up. That's the stuff that kind of inspired me as well to to do something and and not just to. Watch a bunch of arrogant rock stars who act like they don't give a shit about the audience in front mm. of them. You know, because in the end, without the audience, you're nothing. So, <laughs> so you kind of need each other to make this work. So um, that's that's always. Uh, I, I don't tend to to look down on audiences at the same as something different. than us, it's just us up there on the stage doing the making the music. And if they're not down there enjoying it well there's not much of a point to it
1: that's right man that's right and that's that's awesome to hear i'd love to experience seeing you guys uh, for uh, well, we'd
0: love to come over to Australia, so I hope that'll work one day, because I'd definitely love to visit it. You know, and the beginning of the interview, I said I've never actually heard an Australian of being, of course I have, because um, a guy that opened for me in Belgium when I played these arenas, he's an Australian comedian, you might know him, he's from a metal band, uh, he used to play in Slaughter Lord and Marzul. His name's Steve Hughes, Thank yeah. Thank you. He was a really good friend of mine, because I, I met him... Uh, at a comedy show in Belgium and he had this black sabbath shirt on and we kind of got to talking immediately and uh, yeah, we got along famously so he's he's actually a good friend of mine and, and you know, he, he did the same thing, he came from bands and went to comedy, I came from comedy and went into a band <laughs> but the thing is, we, we had this mutual love of, of, you know, of funny things and of heavy metal so I kind of I, I guess you know it's not that much of a stretch to be honest. If you, it's the same thing with, with when I was a comedian, I had a lot of um, a lot of my subjects were about things like subcultures and music and stuff like that. So I don't think there's uh, there's that much of a difference. It's just that. The good thing about writing lyrics for a band uh, is that you don't have to be funny. You can just be angry. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to think up a joke to get your anger sold to the people. You can just go, "No, nah, there's no joke here. This is what I want to say." So, so that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. Awesome, man.
1: Well, uh, so what's what's next for uh, Diablo?
0: Um, well, we've just been confirmed. Um, we're gonna do an, uh, uh, in in January. We're gonna do a, a European tour with Epica, which is a, a kind of a there are female-fronted metal band from uh, Holland, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and they well, they're, they're actually yeah, they're actually pretty big. They do well. They like they like this kind of within temptation and wish kind of band. Something like that. I don't know if you know those bands, but yeah, so um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to tour with them. So that's going to be all over the place from, uh, from a lot, a lot of Germany again, but there's also Poland, I think, and Hungary and stuff like that. You know, a bit of the Eastern European countries. And so, yeah, Scandinavia probably. So we're going to be a bit all over the place uh, from January till I think half February. So we're having about four weeks. So that's cool. That's next and uh, we're just going to try and play as many gigs as we can, you know, we'll try and get over to the UK. Would be really cool if we could get over to to Australia as well cuz I'd love to play over there. So
1: we'd love to see you guys down here, that's for sure. I mean come and <laughs> come and kick our asses and show how it's done. So yeah, we'll um Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to go to the track son of came from follow the Deadlights. Now, thanks so much for hanging with us, Alex, and uh hope to see you guys down here soon.
0: Absolutely, and thank you very much for the interview, and thanks for the kind words. It's uh, very nice to hear that we have people in Australia that like us. It's really cool. <laughs>
1: like is an understatement, my friend.
0: Okay, even Love better. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Alright, thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks hey. a lot. That's, it's been a real pleasure.